0: And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app.
1: Just gonna be an earth wind and fire Friday. That's what it's gonna be on the show. Uh, don't forget this hour we're gonna be letting you have a chance at Sun's Tickets that'll come up a little bit later on the show. Uh, but I could listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire all day. Thanks for being here this afternoon or this morning. It's afternoon somewhere, right? Um, up to 40,000 people amassed at the border ahead of Title 42. These are the issues. I've, uh, there's, been, uh, there's a lot of narratives on this show. Um, I repeat myself a lot. What I mean by that is a lot of things fit into the same boxes. You know what I mean? And this is one of them. And the box that happens for me over and over and over again is that this administration is responding too little, too late to issues. That doesn't mean they shouldn't respond. That means they should have responded a long time ago. This is not me talking. This is now uh, Senator Sinema saying that we she doesn't believe that we're prepared for what's going to happen after Title 42 expires. She's concerned for the state of Arizona and other border states of what's going to happen. At the northern border, they have a huge increase in drugs and in uh, human smuggling or humans coming across the border to the north. We are seeing a growing problem, and when Title 42 expires, they are anticipating it's going to get much worse. Um after getting some insight into how expansive and how wide the, um, the job of CBP is and interdicting all the things they interdict, and I just – because it matters, I think, it's not just drugs. They're in charge of keeping stuff that would destroy our crops out in food, Uh, animals that, that come in, agriculture, stolen artifacts. I mean CBP is charged with being the first line of defense when anyone or anything enters this country. At every airport that has an international airport, at every port of entry, everywhere, on the seas, it doesn't matter. And they have this huge job to do. On top of that, the border protection part of what CBP does, they now are going to be dealing with a mass of humanity that they're not prepared for. This is where a lot of people in this country are frustrated that this administration and everybody's right when they say no administration has fixed it. But it's a lame excuse because you also have to admit it's never been worse than it's been during this administration. We've heard people from the Border Patrol Union say it. We've heard people that are border sheriffs say it. We've had members of Congress from both political parties and independents say it. And nothing is getting done. So the headline that up to 40,000 people are getting ready at the border as soon as Title 42 expires. What do we do then? There was a story recently that in New York, which would many of them would be either be flown or bust there or come across the northern border into New York, New York had a something like a five- or a ten-year waiting list to get your hearings for asylum. We've talked about how horrible that is. For everybody out there that believes that you are humane, and anybody who is in favor of border security isn't humane, let's talk about who the humane person really is. There are people in this world... That are entitled by American law, they are entitled to refuge, they are entitled to asylum. We have those laws in place, we bring in those people, Um, bring us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, as Reagan said, the shining city on the hill. And we bring people into this country and we say because of what's happening where you live, where you're from, when you come to our shores, you get asylum. You file for asylum and you're given that asylum. During the Mariel boat lifts in the 1970s, uh, Jimmy Carter made a deal with Fidel Castro to allow people to come to America. And Castro emptied the prisons. He did do that. Castro emptied uh, asylums and he sent sick people and mentally ill people, criminals here. But along with that, there were so many good people on that island that came to America. They had Freedom Town in Miami where they had that big fenced in area. You saw it it was kind of made famous or at least what it looked like it was if made famous in the movie Scarface, but there were people that were waiting, what was it, six months sometimes in order to get processed through the system, and that was seen as such a very long time to get through the system, to get your green card, to get on a pathway to legal citizenship or to, uh, to uh, or legal residency or citizenship, and now you look at us and it's years and years and years. We no longer have the wet foot, dry foot rule with Cuba. Cuba still is a communist country that is horrible to their people. Venezuela, same thing. But when we have people that are entitled to refuge, entitled to asylum status here, why are they waiting in line for years with people that we know the overwhelming number of people are denied asylum once their case is heard? But by then it's too late. They come here. They have legal status to stay here, so they go to work. Sometimes they start businesses. They build careers. They get married. They start families. And then after years and years and years on the list, then we say, you are never entitled to asylum. It was a false claim. And now we are horrible people for separating families. And you, well, you can't deport this person now. They've put down roots. They've got a family now. That's what our system is doing but the other side of that are the legitimate asylum seekers the people that have legitimate status here that have come here with an honest reason for uh, during to uh, within american asylum laws and they're not getting what they deserve in a timely fashion how is any of this good the answer is it's not The drugs are crossing. We know about the fentanyl crisis. We know that it continues to get worse and nothing is getting done. We've all known that Title 42 was set to expire, including the White House. They have not told us anything of a plan that will work. Nothing. Nothing. And when it doesn't work, they'll blame the previous administration. But at at some point... You have to stop with the blame game. You are responsible. When you take the job, and it's happened, pick, pick an industry. I love, to, I love sports analogies. Let's pick an industry. Let's take football. Um, we have a brand-new GM and a brand-new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. They're going to get a pass for a season or so as they implement what they believe is the right direction for this franchise in the NFL. After that, blaming the old regime is not going to work. You've been brought in to fix it. What are you doing to fix it? And it's like that in every sport. It's like that in an industry. Um, I've worked in places where the boss has been let go, especially in this industry, where the boss has been let go. And the new boss is expected to right the ship. And there is, a, there, there is very little excuse that is accepted. There is a time frame where they understand that it takes a long time to turn the ship. But you're expected to turn the ship. Here we are, two and oh, two, over two years, almost two and a half years into this administration, and the ship is worse than it's ever been before. At what point do the American people say, time to stop blaming other people? And we're going to replace not just you, Mr. President. We're not just going to replace you. We're going to replace anybody that aligns themselves with your way of thinking because you promised us results that we're not getting. There is nothing wrong with that. You can like somebody. You can say someone's a good person and say that they're not right for this job. And it happens in every successful industry out there. Good person. Really like them. Not right for the job anymore. Time to move on. All right. Coming up in a moment, we get caught up on the biggest news stories of the day. It's something we call Did You Hear This? So please stick around.
0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, it's time to catch you up on the headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories.
2: Thursday's meeting to decide the future of school resource officers, or SROs, in the Phoenix Union School District resulted in a decision to postpone the meeting, her testimony from some 75 speakers, both virtually and in person. I think our campuses are violent. You guys are not made aware. Parents are not made aware. Community is not made aware of how many guns are brought onto our campuses every day. How many acts of violence are on our campuses every day. Why do you think Phoenix Union decided to cancel or postpone the
1: vote? I have been trying to figure that out all day long. To me, it is, I I just don't like to be inflammatory. It's cowardly. There's no way around it. You know, you you have a meeting where you're going to have a vote. You're, You're voting on whether or not a police presence on school campuses is a good thing. That is a ridiculous thing to be contemplating. Of course it's a good thing. In a safe society, police officers anywhere are a good thing. When is the situation you're in, whether it's going to a Suns game, it's going to a Diamondbacks game, it's going to a Cardinals game, going anywhere where there are large groups of people that need to be protected, that you don't see police officers with guns? Do you mean to tell me that a school campus is the place where more guns in the hands of police make? It more dangerous on campus. Why are we even entertaining that that train of thought? This goes back to the defund the police movement, but at a time when we are seeing what's happening on school campuses, this is irresponsible. They should have voted. They should have reinstituted them and taken whatever heat came from that loud minority of people and moved on. And they refused. It's cowardly.
2: 21-year-old National Guardsman Jack Tex- Texera was arrested Thursday following a Department of Defense document link to social media app Discord earlier this month. Former Homeland Security official John Cohen tells ABC he's more concerned about the leaker's methods than the content itself.
0: Much of it was outdated. Much of it seemed not that sensitive in the grand scheme of things. What concerns me the most is whether our adversaries will be able to look at these documents, be able to determine how we are intercepting communications, how we're using human sources, and then they'll take steps to thwart our efforts.
2: Texera has been charged on two counts, one possession of unclassified documents and the other national defense materials. But how serious of a security a security concern is this for the DoD? Yeah,
1: it's. A, I think it's a huge security clearance. We've heard more of this. You know, presidents having docs uh, documents. We don't know who else has them. Hillary Clinton and that scandal with the with the uh, insecure, uh, unsecured server. This goes back a long way. I think the American people have a right to know what's going on with classified documents. But in this case specifically, what he's talking about is can our enemies figure out how we're getting the information and make it harder for us to get information that That is a big deal. We all should be concerned about this at a time when we imagine espionage is at an all-time high. If you look at the tension that is brewing as one side is China, Iran, Russia, North Korea, and others, and in some parts of it, India. And over on the other side is us and our allies in Europe and Australia. And at more than ever we need this intelligence. If we're not able to get it, it puts us well behind our enemies you are listening to did you hear this we do it every day at this time to catch you up on the big major headlines
2: the city of tempe remains divided over the proposed entertainment district for the coyotes tempe wins an organization advocating for the entertainment district said in a tweet yesterday quote a goodwill location was vandalized overnight end quote the vandalism in question vote no was written in chalk in the Goodwill parking spaces, Tempe wins. Added that Goodwill is a sponsor of the Arizona Coyotes. Is this
1: really vandalism? Well, I don't know if it's vandalism, but I understand the anger from the proponents of this. Um, you know, they feel as if they had a deal in place and in good faith they began moving forward, and all of a sudden there's not a deal in place. Um, I don't understand how an entertainment district with this kind of investment from this organization is a bad thing, but there are those out there that don't like it, and I don't blame them for being touchy on. the subject you're talking about the investment of billions of dollars and what could really make this entertainment district something that is amazing i just i just want to see it end
2: and finally ending with some fun on a friday an oregon man scattered thousands of dollars in cash over the i-5 from his car window earlier this week
0: And people who saw the money got out of their cars and scooped up the cash. And today, some people were still combing the sides of that freeway, hoping to find more money. But state police say it's all gone. They were unsuccessful at locating any. So the people that originally stopped on scene did a pretty good job of cleaning cleaning it all up.
2: (laughs) The man told officers he wanted to gift the money. Would you be one of the people helping if you saw several hundred thousand dollars flying on the interstate? I want to
1: know. I I just want to know. Is it 20s and above? Or is it below a 20 because I'm dollar dollar
2: bills (laughs) y'all
1: I don't know if you're making it rain with dollar bills I'm not risking my life on the freeway to scoop up dollar bills but if it's it's 20s and higher yeah I might join the fun I might jump out there and join the fun a little bit but uh how do we know how much money it was $200,000 oh my gosh All right, yeah so maybe I I think I might have I might have been one of the people out there with a butterfly net (laughs) trying to scoop up some cash (laughs) Great job uh, for the last couple of days, Jessica that's did you hear this for this week? We'll do it again on Monday. yeah that's I think I might have jumped out I would have filled my tank anyway, you know as much as gas is now, so uh, that's did you hear this? what we're going to do in just a couple of moments is we're going to go back to the economy, starting with gas prices in Arizona, and we're going to talk a little bit more about schools and at some point don't forget your chance to qualify for stuns tickets so stick around.
0: strong values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, I told you. I told you to keep
1: listening. It's time. Shazam!
0: The hottest ticket in
1: town. All right, the hottest ticket qualifier for this hour is Zoe or Zoe? Zoe, Zoe Horton from Scottsdale. You have 10 minutes, 10 minutes to call, 602-277. Five eight two seven. That's 602-277-5827. Zoe Horton from Scottsdale. You have 10 minutes from right now. If if we don't get a call, then we will open the phones and someone else will qualify. But good luck. Let's hope you get it done as a qualifier. You get a prize pack from the Suns and qualify to win Game 1 tickets. Pretty cool. Matter of fact, I'd say very cool. Um... Gas prices. People are starting to drive again. It is coming up on summer travel season. We know Memorial Day weekend is not far away, if you can believe it. We're not that far away from Memorial Day, and uh, we are seeing fuel prices in Arizona rivaling California. Now, they have remained steady in California, but Arizona prices, on average, have jumped almost $0.60 per gallon. Part of the thing is the blend of gas we use, which far exceeds the federal standards. Would we ever change that? I don't know that we will. Air quality in Arizona is a big deal. It isn't very good because of the dust bowl that we live in. And I don't think it's the people of Arizona that are the cause of this, but it is still a problem. We live in a dust bowl. Air quality is not that great. So we take extra strides in trying to protect the air quality that we you know, in the areas where we can control it. But um, the fact that we far exceed federal standards is something I think people might look at. But $0.60 a gallon is a big jump and not necessarily an end to this yet. What The damage that it's doing to many people, and I think that is a big issue. Um, And for many people, I I just think it's something that's very difficult for people to overcome. Um, I want you to hear just a little bit of this uh, about inflation. And, uh, well, what's happening in Chicago, uh, is a part of the news. It's inflation slash crime.
0: Walmart closing four stores in the Windy City, cutting its footprint in half there in the third largest U.S. city after years of mounting losses. The closings mark a retreat for the nation's largest retailer, which faces tough competition in Chicago from the likes of Target, Albertsons, and Aldi. Now, Walmart says they tried and failed to improve their performance by building smaller stores, localizing their merchandise offerings, and even investing $70 million in recent years on store upgrades.
1: Improve the economic status of people, which is never a bad thing to try to do that, to try to help people that are at the lower rungs of the ladder to climb that ladder. I think that's a good thing. But there are times when things are done that are damaging. Um, let me give you a couple of examples. Recently, we heard about this. As a matter of fact, I talked with Gatos about this during a segment we do on the show each morning called the Big Q Poll Question. And Gatos was talking about a fully automated McDonald's from the order to the cooking to the delivery, fully automated. And I think a lot of this comes from you see the demand in people who are working in jobs in fast food restaurants that are demanding a living wage. And that is – it sounds terrific. I'll be honest with you, man. It sounds good and it's hard to argue against it, that people that are working hard – but you've got to remember minimum wage and entry-level jobs are not meant to be career jobs. It is just that. It's the high school kid that for the first time in his or her life, they're starting to learn the value of the dollar and the parents say you have your driver's license, but you've got to pay for the increase in insurance and pay for your own gas in the car, it teaches them a bit of responsibility. It is that kind of a job that those jobs generally are. And I will tell you, anybody that's working hard deserves respect. And so I'm not diminishing the work. I'm saying that when you try to falsely inflate the wages for that job, there are consequences. Because the people that are in those industries understand their market and they understand who their customers are. And when you do that, you say to people, okay, well, now I have to pay these employees this much more money. That means I have to charge this much more for my product, whether it's a Happy Meal or a whatever it is, you know, at Burger King or Wendy's or wherever else, Chick-fil-A. And so when you start mandating higher wages, they charge more money, which means people at the lowest rung of the ladder do not see their lives change for the better. Their lives stay exactly the same. It squeezes the working class. You see, upper-middle-class people, middle-class people can absorb those costs. It's just inconvenient. But when you've got the working class that is penny-pinching and and watching every dollar they spend, those increased costs at the lower level squeeze them, so their quality of life diminishes. There's nothing – I'm not an economist, but this is nothing genius what I'm saying here. Wealthy people can eat a tuition increase at college, pay for their children's college, and say what a horrible thing it is that college is that expensive. But it doesn't change the college experience for a rich kid. People that are poor have opportunities at grants and scholarships, so their college is paid for or largely paid for. The working class in America that makes too much money to qualify for subsidies but doesn't make enough money to eat those costs are the ones that have student loans that they can't pay for 20 years. And I just wish that we could take people at face value on what they're trying to accomplish because there are a lot of times when an idea sounds like a good one and it doesn't work. That it doesn't produce the results you want it to. And yet we keep doing it over and over and over again. Inflation is killing working class families. It always has and it always will. So when you have an administration like this one and you heard, you know, how many times have we heard President Biden as Senator Biden or Vice President Biden talk about growing up in Scranton, you know, and riding the train to work and working class and I drove a truck and I did this and acting as if they are champions for the working class, maybe in their heart. And I believe probably in their heart, they think that's what they're doing. But when the results aren't there, and that's what I would love to ask of voters individually for everyone out there that has been voting for these kinds of things forever and your life has never improved why do you think more of it is going to improve your life that's my problem with it you know and i'm not again I, I, people's perception is fair you know they meet you at a place or they learn of you at a place in life and they make a perception about who you are and who you've been based on what they see in that snapshot I am not a silver spoon kid by any stretch. I was a very poor kid growing up, very poor. But I had the luck. I had the good fortune. I was blessed to be around people of means, people that have worked themselves from working class to wealth. And they always gave me the vision that if they could do it, I could do it. And I've always lived by that. And I don't have any animosity toward anybody else's success, none whatsoever. My job as an employee has always been to make sure the boss is making more money than I am. Whether I was working by the hour as an electrical contractor or I've been in this business in radio, I want to be able to go to my bosses when it's time for a new contract and say, hey, listen, I know what you're paying me, but we know what the advertising revenue is during the show. And I think we're doing a good job here. We want to keep doing this. And I'm looking, you know, I'm just, it's just difficult to continue to do the same thing over and over again. Coming up in a moment, uh, we're going to close out talking about schools again because I've been very animated about this today. And I've got a couple of questions about school resource officers. It's coming up in just a second.
0: Well, 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 it sounds like
1: Zoe Horton was from Scottsdale was listening. Congratulations. She is the latest qualifier for Suns tickets. Um, those tickets, I believe, are going to be given away at some point today. There's another name to be called in the 4 o'clock hour. Make sure you are listening because it could be your name that's called. Just text the word TICKETS to 411923 923 and you might be a qualifier. Um... I I talked about this earlier, and I've got a stack of different things uh, about education um, and and the arguments in in education and what's going on. But it's school safety. It it really boggles my mind. Um, We had school resource officers. They were deputies um, when I was a kid. And uh, this was in the 1980s in high school. And we loved the guy. Everybody loved the guy. And um, the idea – That police officers on campus are scary and looking to beat kids up and take away their freedom is a false narrative. And anybody who believes that to be true is just misinformed. That's my opinion. and I've had bad interactions with cops. Let's be honest. I'm not someone that lives in a bubble. I've had horrible interactions with cops. As a profession, we understand it's an anomaly, but in a day and age where we are right now, where school safety is being questioned, the idea of not having police officers on campus and saying that it is safer to not have them is an absolute lie, and I just don't understand how anybody can think any differently. You may not like the police. If you're a criminal, you hate the police, and there are criminals In high schools. I've said it. It's true. We've all known it. We've all seen it. We knew who the criminals were when we were in high school. We knew who the bad kids were. We knew who the drug dealers were. We knew who the bad kids were in school. We are in a day and age where school safety is different than it's ever been before. And I will tell you, school resource officers are not the solution to the problem. Having somebody armed on school campuses is not going to solve a safety problem, especially when it comes to mass shootings. But what a school resource officer offers is a, is a defense against the criminal element immediately on a daily basis in schools. There have been pictures, and I'm asking everybody out there, especially if you disagree with me, to go do your homework. If you live in Phoenix, go and find out about weapons on school campuses that you're not told about. They keep it quiet. They don't want parents to worry. But there are guns and there are knives and there are drugs on school campuses and they are absent of police officers to step in and do anything. Criminals should always be afraid of the police. If you are someone that brings a gun or a knife or drugs or alcohol onto a high school campus, you should be afraid. And they're not. They are running the schools right now. And it isn't everywhere. It's not, you know, as if we, but it's there. It exists. And every time we hear the school district say, yes, it's confirmed that there was a found, a a gun found on campus. We want to thank the people that reported it to the authorities. And at no time were any of the staff or the students in danger. That's a lie. Everybody was in danger until that gun was removed. Period. And who did they call when they found out there was a gun on campus? The police. The argument against having an armed cop on a campus and saying that it makes it more dangerous on campus. How do you not laugh out loud when you hear someone say that? It is laughable. And yet this is the political argument. The Phoenix Union High School District didn't have the courage with the people that showed up at that meeting to say, we are putting cops back on campus. If you don't like it, you're welcome to complain, but we're doing it. They tabled the vote because they didn't want to face the backlash in that room. It's a horrible example to set. A horrible example to set. We should be embracing and thanking God for the police officers that protect us, especially because you can't find another element in your life where cops are not guarding people. There are off-duty police officers and sometimes on-duty police officers on church campuses on a Sunday morning. It's just a really ridiculous conversation. Just about out of time, you hear the music, which means my weekend is about to begin. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, I am at Broomhead K T A R on Twitter. At Broomhead Show, update you. Please follow that, update you on the show. Follow both. Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. That's all the ways you can follow me between shows. Would love to stay in touch. We'll be back Monday morning beginning just after 8. So have a great weekend, everybody. God bless, and go sons. Oh, mm-hmm. I